Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back. We It is time for the Combo Wombo. I'm Mr. Gimpy, and to my side here is Chipped Monk. How's it going today, brother? It's going really good, man. I feel like we're in a constant state of one-upsmanship. I uh, <laughs> overslept here, and then you're like, hold on, I'll be back in 30 minutes. <laughs> as soon as I got on. You're like, I just got to take care of this quick, real quick. And I was no, like, how I, do I show up an hour late and you're still late, bro? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. We have, there's a status quo that we have to keep, you know? It's like, I, I always show up, like, what, three, five minutes late about? Because, like, by the time... So I set my alarm to, like, 15 minutes before we start, right? Yeah, that's kind of what... Look, I set my alarm, and then, like, I got up and it just said, you missed your alarm. And I'm like, this is the worst alarm <laughs> on my phone ever. <laughs> like, it's the default one. See, my, my problem is I don't, I don't take the account that I have to to just, you know, take a quick sit down <laughs> before we start. So like like the shit that I just assume will take five minutes, like goes up to like seven, eight minutes, um, depending on my dinner the night before. So then I'm like, okay, now I have to make coffee. And by that time, I'm like texting you because I'm like downstairs, but I'm waiting for the coffee to brew. So I'm like, it'll take like two minutes to brew coffee. And it doesn't. And I'm just like hop on and yeah, shit happens. What are you well, using like the old pot? The old, uh... No, I got I got uh, Keurig now. I got Keurig and K cups, so it's so it's a lot yeah, better. Like, like, I mean, I've had the Keurig. It's it's just you know stay at home stuff. Uh, I didn't have to take the time pre prepare coffee before work. Now it's just uh, I I'm, I'm working from home, so I can just take the nice drip coffee, take my time, brew like a twelve cupper, and just sip on it all day. Uh, so like the Keurig wa- wasn't in use, but I'm like you know for the for the pod, it's it's gonna it's gonna increase my my uh, time time to uh, time to live, so yeah, that's what it was. And and, and uh, when you when you showed up, uh, we need to get to the next level where we have assistance. Oh, for sure, for sure. That's that's probably two weeks from now, right? <laughs> How do you feel about leasing a building to do this pod in? I mean, you know what's funny is those those uh like mini offices that are there that are like small cubicles with like yeah. a door they're not expensive that's what i was looking at it bro <laughs> yeah like dude that's 100 bucks a month or something crazy yeah yeah that actually Especially might right now yeah that might not be a bad idea i i think like the only because i think probably by you would probably be easiest huh just yeah, since, since you're by like office, office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should we should look into that. Stop but I mean, cruising our options. It's tough because yeah. like whenever you type in like audio studio, because I'm like, oh, it needs to be kind of relatively quiet. Mm-hmm. Like uh, photography studios always pop up. It's like, oh, rent this location. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the most basic ground research has been done for this already. I was already <laughs> thinking about it months yeah. ago. It could it could be cool. I mean, and and not only for just the pod. I mean, depending on on the size of the space, we could use it for other things too, if need be. Yeah, I don't know off the top house. of my head, but yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, one of the bigger reasons that I was late is because uh, my daughter woke up and came downstairs, and so I had to like situate her and see satiate her entertainment needs with uh, Netflix and a granola bar, and then I was like, all right. Dad has to record. Give me a minute. <laughs> She's like, all right. How long's a minute? I was like, you know what? Let me stretch it. One hour. Give me one hour. Like, it's and... 10 of these episodes. Just watch this series. Oh, dude. She... It's until the uh, show says up and comes up and says, are you sure you're still watching? Yeah. Just, yeah. That's... Go get dad. <laughs> yep, yep. That's exactly what it is. So um, I that's set it minute. to. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, four episodes of the show she's watching upstairs so I'm like if, if you if we hear just uh just some like my door slide open and and a baby voice that's uh her coming down going the hell you at yeah, <laughs> but, so it's kind of the troubles i've been in this week with minecraft yeah is managing uh my minecraft farm it's kind of like managing real people i can say that because i don't have any kids yeah uh but it got out of control. Like I didn't know like when you feed the animals, that's when they're like that's their cue to like start multiplying. Yes. I thought you just had to take care of them by feeding them like a normal animal. It's like, oh it's a new day, I better feed these animals. And it got to the point where there's like hundreds of them in like this like little barn, and I was like, you know what? I can't be like 
part of this. So I just opened up the doors. I was like, be free, animals, be free. <laughs> but there's so many. They just, like, hung around my area. So yeah. Now, like, my entire, like, uh, area is just full of animals. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's... So Minecraft is, is wacky, man. It's... Did you notice that, like, it doesn't... They... That... It doesn't have a gender. So you can feed whatever animal, whatever, and they'll mate with with another one. And I mean, if you I didn't think that deeply about it, dude. if you pay <laughs> close like, attention, it it like randomly picks which if it's pig, pigs, which one will pop it out? Does what, Steve? Yeah, the main character. Yeah, yeah, totally does. I don't know. Maybe he's just genderless as well. Just a <laughs> doesn't he have a world. beard? Like, doesn't he? No, dude, he's just like chilling, bro. Like you can yeah, like check the general chat. Like you can see right there. Yeah. What, what's the like goatee? Are you saying that? That's uh, what I thought. Girl goatees, bro. I am saying that. I'm 100 percent saying that. Shadow. Uh, uh, that's that is my stance. Yes. I don't know. You know. I think from an it's evolutionary a neutral goatee. There's no, there's no gender there's neutral no goatee. Gender <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. a scarf, dude. No, no, no. It's pixelated. Maybe it it's fake. That's true. Maybe it's a little. Just, just a patch and just rips it off like yeah. Mission Impossible. Just <laughs> that's right. What's what's the female uh, Minecraft character's name? I've only seen the default one. Like I don't know. Yeah, there's there's I a default female. My default one with the Venom skin. There you go. We're just discussing this. Do you think Microsoft has failed since they've bought up the Minecraft to like? Because there's like so much like optimization and stuff that's done by the community. Yeah. Uh, do you think that it's a failure by Microsoft's part to like barely do anything to this game? Not at all. I think that the, yeah, I think that Minecraft was the ultimate turnkey operation. Uh, I think actually, my. Microsoft took Minecraft to the moon, dude. Uh, you have it on every single device you can think of. There is no point in your day where you don't have access to Minecraft. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, on, it's like it being on the Switch, the PS4, PS3, P- um, Xbox One, uh, the Xbox 360. Um, you have Minecraft Worlds, uh, where you, it's cross-platform joining. Um, I know that my my niece was really big into Minecraft for a while. Um, pulls out her tablet for school and goes, "I'm joining my friend's world." And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." She's like, "He's <laughs> playing on the Xbox." I was like, "That's that's cool," you know. So I mean, it's it's incredible. There's no there is no uh, no point where you're not playing Minecraft, which which I think is really cool from Microsoft standpoint. The last time we we spoke, you said that you were just getting into Minecraft. You missed the hype. Uh, now you've been playing it for. I think two weeks now, maybe longer. Um, yeah. And you said that it's okay, <laughs> not a sex dungeon. Um, yeah. Are you still saying it's okay, or or has yeah, your opinion of it even grew? Like after I more? build my uh, whole uh, base here, like I'm basically like nothing left for me to do. I think people say like there's uh, like about getting the armor and stuff. Mm-hmm. I get the diamond stuff. I got all that. Uh, I know there's like stuff in like the nether world, and you can fight the ender dragon. We already beat the ender dragon. Like me and my buddies, like day two. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. And that took us about like eight hours of total gameplay. Yeah, uh, which confused our younger buddy, who's like, "How did you guys beat it so fast?" I was like, "We're pro gamers. We're also <laughs> adults." Like it didn't take, like we were uh, min maxing the shit out of this game, where it was like all of us like went down like four people deep. And we just like did like a grid and like grid uh, farmed like the necessary materials to get like the best like you know diamond armor. Yeah. And after that, like we just went and destroyed the ender dragon. Like the AI in this game is not the best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think of the uh, giant Slenderman <laughs> or the Enderman? Yeah. Sorry. The Enderman. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Cool. The, I don't know. They only harass you if you look at them. Yeah. Uh, one showed up in my base at one point. Because it was too tall. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. He was just like in there and like he stole some dirt and then like was just looking around for trouble and then ran off, dude. <laughs> the uh Enderman uh I think are the it's it's the best of low poly like horror, I felt. Okay. Because I when you're really good at jump scares. Yes, yes. With, like uh, a bunch of tight, narrow uh areas. 
Yep. My Christian Minecraft server. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a bunch of tight, narrow areas, and then there's just like random monster spawners that can just like hop out out of nowhere. Yep. 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 So you're constantly uh, like getting jump scared by something. One of my favorite memories is playing this uh, with my with my wife when we were co-oping on the Xbox One. Um, I'm I like to dig like giant tunnels and then build like an underground arboretum um, with like glass on the top, and, and then I had like uh, a river that I fed into my underground area. Uh, and I was like, "Hey, can you just drop drop like some some seeds down to grow like a tree for me?" She's like, "Yeah, sure." Um, I didn't have enough lighting or whatever, so an Enderman spawned as she was like dropping seeds off for me, and she, she we heard it. You always hear it before you see it. I feel she turns around and it's like clipping in the level to where yeah. the point where it spawned it was tall enough. But so she turns around and there's the Enderman legs and it's doing its Enderman noises, which I'll add in here. And uh, uh, so she turns around, just screams at the top of her lungs, and <laughs> it's it's the funniest thing because it's such a simple design and simple yeah. thing, but it, it to actually elicit that level of just fear is incredible. So I, I think that that as a sandbox, Minecraft is head and shoulders above most efforts, um, yeah. and I and definitely something to look to. It's one of the games where you need like summer vacation. And friends to uh, really keep keep you engaged because mm. uh, it's like a you know it's like you said it's a sandbox you make your own fun type of thing yeah uh, and it's kind of like after we ran off like mission objectives of things to do we're like okay we beat the game okay we uh, yeah it's like there's nothing left for us to do at that yeah. point yeah yeah that's that's so. true so uh, about. So what I've been playing, uh, yesterday I beat Cyber Shadow, which I uh, mentioned last week I was playing. Uh, I think last week I said it would it would probably be a 6 or 7 out of 10 for me, and I don't think it could get higher than that. Honestly, it got higher than that. The final stage and the final boss battle really elevated the game to the point where it's an 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, uh, my My biggest gripe is the pacing is what I wouldn't have done. <laughs> I like it. Uh, it the, the, so when you unlock abilities, you unlock everything towards like the legitimate midway point of the game. I would have done it like two stages earlier, just so you can play around with it more. And the game encourages you to go back and and find secrets because you have new abilities that you didn't have before. Which I'm not that type of guy. I, I don't go back and explore unless it's like build as an actual Metroidvania. But this one was levels. That you what could just like, like work uh, back to. Game Plus. Do you hit up new game pluses? Most likely, no. I think I've only done it one time in a game. It was like an RPG. Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to think if I've, I've ever done it. Um, I don't think so. Like even the Dark Souls series and stuff like that. Uh, even the game that I'm about to talk about, um, I did not. So uh, after Cyber Shadow, um, I loaded up Neo Two, which just came out on PC this Friday. Uh, I absolutely loved Neo 1. I Neo was made by Team Ninja of of course Ninja Gaiden fame and Dead or Alive. Uh so it 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 blends Souls-like combat and with like Ninja Gaiden speed and Team Ninja was al- already known for having like difficult but fair games. So really it's just it, it's really in their wheelhouse. Uh Neo 2 uh, or for Neo 1, um, I completed the game, beat the true final boss, who was a pushover, um, spent probably 40 to 50 hours in the game on my first playthrough, and uh, everyone who loves that game goes, yeah, the real game starts when you hit New Game Plus. For me, I'm like, I spent 50 hours in this game, I beat all of the bosses here, I know there's like, there's like more stuff, but once I'm done with the narrative... Even if the narrative didn't intrigue me, I don't find a reason to go back to the game, even if I like truly enjoyed it. Um, if I do another playthrough, sure, it would go. It would start from New Game Plus, but I I don't have like the time or the drive to to just jump right back in. It's weird. It's weird. I think the last time that I even attempted a New Game Plus before like just kind of moving on to someplace else was. Uh, 
It was an RPG, I think. I think. Um, and I can't remember what it is, but yeah, it's just really not for me. Um, as far as, as the game I'm playing, uh, Neo 2, uh, so far I'm enjoying it. Uh, the combat has been refined. The big, one of the big, like, gameplay things of the game is it incorporates almost an active reload mechanic from Gears of War into melee combat. So, so so you're, yeah, yeah. So your stamina, which is your, like, uh, uh, key meter, um, with each each slash it goes down and like your sword depletes of energy or your sword or whatever weapon you have and you hit you hit the uh, reload reload button but it's like the key pulse button and um you you like like uh reverberate energy and um, if you time it right your your stamina all gets restored and you can keep attacking so it's a very very cool engaging like method of of evolving the souls like formula and just kind of kind of spinning it on its head. So I I've been enjoying that, that game so far, so far, Neo two seems easier than Neo one. And I'm not sure if it's because it is easier or the fact that I already know how to play the series. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows, but so far I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, I just played it a little bit. I think I only played it for like an hour, hour and a half and uh, I'm on the second mission. First mission, I beat the the like optional boss that that's like a replica of the first boss in the game. And looking at the achievement list, only thirty percent of people did that. So it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like like how I went out uh, and just beat that boss. Like only thirty percent of people who own the game did it that way, at least on Steam. So you know, I, 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 you know, made me made me feel pretty good. Like, oh, hey, I'm actually good at this game. Dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The higher echelons of gaming. Exactly. So I think that uh, that's probably going to be the game I focus on for the next couple of days or weeks or however long it takes me to finish it. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure I'll I'll talk about it more and maybe we'll have like a... Have you played any of the Souls-like games to, enough to talk like about the it? the idea okay. of the Souls game. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't like RNG in my attack mechanics and stuff. Where, like, I like tough games. And I like fair games, but like tough bug fair, it's just it's not appealing to me. Like uh, figuring things out through trial and error. Mm. Or maybe the newer versions of the Souls games have figured this out. But like I know, like the first one is like a lot of uh, like they're in their own world. Like nothing's really explained to you. You got to figure it out. Uh, yeah. So it's like, what's a heal? Like everything that is like not labeled in like conventional. Uh, like video games, like this isn't an HP potion, this isn't an XP bottle or whatever, like you gotta figure everything out. Uh, yeah. They like they give you items, they don't tell you what they do, it's like, yeah, you gotta look it up, dude. Get on <laughs> Wikipedia, or just do experimentation. You have thousands of hours at your disposal, don't you? It's like, I don't. <laughs> they do but tell you, like, the items, like the elixirs or um, Estus Flask, stuff like that, they tell you that. But I think, the as far as most Souls games go, um, it's mostly exploration and trial and error through like boss fights and figuring out enemy patterns and timing for things such as parries, blocks, dodges. Um, it's more gameplay trial and error than it is, uh, uh, item or like purpose trial and error. Uh, so uh, do you just try and play or do you like cheese the fuck out of that system? Oh, I, I play it. I, I play through. Uh, See, for my... me, like the, I would just find like the cheese in there, and that's all I would mm-hmm. do for the whole game. And then the second I couldn't do the cheese anymore, like I hit like some boss or enemy that like uh, the cheese doesn't work on, I'd be like, this game's broken, it's bullshit, and then I'd stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, See, up the... until that, like where I'm like, you know, cheese and everything, I'm feeling good about life, like yeah. that's the path I would go. I, I, I get that. And there are definitely builds in the soul series where it's pretty cheesy um like demon souls for example magic's very strong so you can just do like a really high magic build and and cheese a lot of it i think uh a big plus with that's with the soul series we're just gonna keep on here is the world design and the atmosphere is so just engrossing and and outside of the actual like Metroid Prime 
uh, Metroidvania style games, um, Dark Souls and Demon Souls kind of, well, Dark Souls more because Demon Souls was like instances, but it took that exploration of Metroidvanias and really adapted it super well to an action RPG world. And um, there's always a sense of discovery with with the majority of these games. As far as the Soul series goes, um, um, and then like their offshoots such as uh, Sekiro and uh, uh, Bloodborne. Um, so far, um, Bloodborne and Sekiro are my favorite because of the combat speed. Um, and and um, Bloodborne has a Lovecraftian kind of vibe going, which I really enjoy that setting. Um, so yeah, that's I think that From Software really found found a great lane. Unfortunately, it seems that it's it means that it's other franchises that you grew up loving, such as Armored Core or my personal favorite Chrome Hounds, isn't getting any love. But you know they're they're making money, and we'll see how yeah, Elden Ring does. Stay but stay in business, bro. True, true. At the end of the day, yeah. So yeah. as far as uh, you know, survival games and like item management and not figuring out what to do. Um, you were telling me right before the pod that uh, you tried Rust out. Yeah, so this is the next step. You start off uh, in Minecraft, and now you're going full on Rust. Uh, I don't know, like, yeah, I got, I got it because uh, my one buddy was like, "I want mine," because he's the one I was playing like Minecraft. Well, he's like, "I want Minecraft, but uh, more combat focused, more like survival based." And I was like, "Bro, you're talking about Rust," and he's like. Is it? I was like, how come nobody ever talks about it? And then, like, he like uh, went to like store like on Steam, and he was like, forty-eight of my friends own this game already." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, dude, everybody plays Rust at some point." He's like, "You have it?" I was like, "No, I've never played it." Uh, so you could kind of put a pin in that, and like sidebar here, what I should have said is like, I haven't played it, but I watched a ton of like YouTube content about Rust. Yeah, uh, because it's. A bunch, it's basically machinima. I don't know if you guys remember machinima. Yeah, totally. Uh, but a lot of people do that because like the mouth moves in Rust while you're talking in real life. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like maps it a bit. So a lot of people will get like their buddies on a private server and make like little home movies. Okay. Like, based in the the Rust world, they're pretty entertaining, pretty good. Uh, the one I enjoyed the most and haven't been able to find it was like a Nat Geo as Rust. And like the guy goes, he's like a naked spawns on a beach, uh, and like and he like goes through. He's like, and like I'll do that from him all the time because like he always says like hardcore parkour. Yeah, he's like there's only one way out of this situation: hardcore parkour. And he like he jumps up beside <laughs> him like a mountain our base and like throws a spear down at somebody. Yeah, uh, and like kills them. You know, it's, it's great. Uh, awesome. So like the, the, there's some really entertaining ones, some really bad ones. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've watched a ton of Rust content. Uh, so we're like starting off in the world and like I have to suffer these fools. Uh, and I'm already like a Rust Chad from the videos, of course. Sure. And I'm terrible <laughs> at the game uh, because like you're watching somebody play like, you know, 50,000 hours and they could like yeah. take a spear, like hit somebody across the map with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like there's us in the map where I'm like, how come these aim? Like there's no reticle. Like this shit's impossible to aim. Uh, <laughs> Now, do you like Rust, or is it like more so than Minecraft, far, or can you compare it, or would you rather play one or the over the other? I liking Rust. I wish my buddies were better at Rust. <laughs> <laughs> Got uh, it. Got it. Because like I don't know, they don't know how to read maps. So like you'll be on a grid system, and you're like, oh, I'm at this space. How? Let's meet up at this space, and they're like, oh, I'm dead. I can't figure it out. Uh, there's a lot. There's that's like three hours of our Rust adventure was like all trying to get together in one area. Uh, I feel like Rust will scratch that lineage two itch for you because like it's all PvP all the time. Like yeah. you said, like you told me that lineage was, and I'm guessing that like kind of looking like always, you know, having your head on a swivel, looking to see who's going to attack you, you is, is appealing just to you. Look around in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like that that'll appeal to you a lot. Uh, I I will say that I don't like Rust, but I typically don't like survival games. Uh, I and, and this is this is going to sound like the weirdest thing coming from me because I I enjoy 
designing levels as far as game dev like i <laughs> but i hate base building <laughs> it okay. is the worst for me it's so tedious managing all of the like materials and stuff just takes forever um I don't know if it's that I don't like the base building or if I don't like the gathering of materials. I, I don't know what it is, but like whenever I hear there's base building and crafting in a game, I immediately go, yeah, I'll play something else just on the top of my head. Because I, I, I think I, I just don't want to like remember these recipes and how to make things. I don't want to learn it. It seems like there's a barrier for before I even get there. And I don't know if it's time, age, or what, but it immediately so, turns me off. Was it you and I were talking about this at one point where I was like, is there a way for video games to do this with useful information? Hmm. No, you know no, it wasn't me, but I get what you're I get where you're going. Yeah, with it. where I'm like, if you're gonna spend like hundreds of hours like learning like because I like, guess when I was like playing Minecraft with people who played it a lot, I was like, how do I make this? And they would just rattle off the recipe. Yeah, and I'm like, why do you know this off the top of your head? Like, they didn't have to look it up. I'm like, what a fucking useless nugget <laughs> of information to have. Yeah, uh, but like, they, you know, there wasn't like the built-in table when they started playing the game, and you had to look up a lot of stuff on Wikipedia. Yep. Uh, so yep. they just had to memorize stuff, like rote memorization. And I was like, is there a way to like do this in a video game, but for useful information? Like, what if like they were like, you know, like Japanese characters? instead you know where it's like oh you get like yeah. parts of like a different like kanji character and like you have to put it together to make like the actual thing so your crafting tables like are parts of like you know like kanji or like a spanish letters or something or of the alphabet and it's like you have to like each item is like tied to like an alphabet thing and like now you have to use like a spanish word to create like the actual object like that's that's interesting using it as as a way to teach people skills and like languages that will affect the outside world that's actually a yeah a decent like idea shit where it's like oh you need like three pieces of back guano two like horse testicles <laughs> and this is how you get like your uh, plus three staff of insight it's like why not just you know give people useful information i think yeah that, that could work really well especially like something like science too like if you play like a yeah, like mathematics like a math game yeah yeah if you play like a, a game where you're a wizard you have to use alchemy and combine different like properties and stuff you can use real world stuff and have real world like results formulas but, and then chemical compositions exactly whereas like it's that's, two hydrogens and like yeah yeah that's actually an, an incredible idea uh i think too though with that Unless you're like an expert on on the subject matter, it's a lot like, of I research on the game devs like, end. It just needs to be like, even if you learn like elementary level stuff, mm -hmm. at least like you, you have like a higher like fun that you didn't have before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because like, a lot of that stuff decent, like, yeah. you start to forget as you get older anyway. So it's like, uh, like if you could get like the K through twelve, like ex knowledge base, like or like yeah. Or take it as high as you want, you know, like you I get think, up, like each level or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. So during the pandemic, one thing that I I read about was some teachers who are also gamers and owned, you know, a VR headset were using Half Life Alex to teach. There's a point in the game where you're in a classroom and you can pick up chalk and write on a chalkboard. So what they were doing was like streaming their gameplay of Half-Life Alex, but using it as an actual classroom. So I think that that is an incredible idea. And, and I think the industry also seems to have realized it, but, it, but only a few studios seem to are be trying to push that idea forward. And like, um, I'll take PC builder, for example, license a bunch of real, real world parts. And you actually go in and build a PC um, it's not quite one-to-one, -one, but I think for the most part, you know where things go now. So if, so if someone wants to, you know, build a new PC, buys all the stuff, they have that knowledge from the game on where things should go. I um, saw that with the, like, car simulator. Yeah, there's mechanics in the too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I, like, kind of like you're saying where it's, like, not one-to-one, -one, but it's, like, pretty close where it's, like, as soon as you, yeah, uh, I, like, stuff to fix a car, like, it teaches you basic... Uh, diagnostic stuff of like a car where it's like, yeah. oh, 
Yeah, which is which I think is is awesome. Um, obviously, some games like take it to the other level, like Surgeon Simulator. You know, it's, it's just wacky, yeah, it's like physics based stuff. Yeah, which which I it's also like enjoy. You're saying, though, where there's like a ceiling to like what amount of knowledge you can give somebody in a game, would that be like practical and fun still? There's yeah, like a weird, uh, you know, X Y, where it's like on one side you have like uh, you know the horse testicle and back guano, and on the yeah. other side it's like how do I teach somebody? Like how to like operate like a on a hippocampus or whatever like the human brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a decent, it's a decent, decent idea. I, I I don't think I'd have the personal patience to make something like that, but I I would love to play something like that. I would say like it'd be interesting if people just start like considering that more like as they're building games, like maybe give people useful information. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but like every mechanic in here that like requires like some sort of like like you're saying like whatever it's like crafting or like you know base building like maybe just consider take a moment and be like is there a way to apply these problems to like uh, a useful thing how can I respect my players time more and like have them like actually benefit them give them a tangible real world benefit uh, yeah to like playing my game and like figure out where the fun is in that like like because like somehow you make like running around like chopping down fifty thousand trees and like digging like the mariana trench uh (laughs) you know somewhat fun yeah uh maybe you could like just like just in the text or something like just add something where it's like oh yeah i I use like this uh what's it called like mimics or whatever like a mental image uh, mnemonics yeah uh, for memorization yep uh, use that to uh you know make things easier for the player but also they're learning something with it yeah it's like it's like a more advanced flash card is what yeah, is what yeah it that's is. all i'm saying just add little flash cards of knowledge in there yeah i i that's that's interesting and, and on the topic of like using gaming as like a backdoor tool to um education uh, gaming and game dev just kind of is at a weird spot right now where I feel movies were in the spot about 40 years ago to where more adult fare was becoming more common. Um, and there was a, a, uh, in, a in the public school system here um, that I won't dox everyone, but there's a a 3D program designed for sex education um where it it's they asked them to go back to the drawing board because they showed you like you as a player did too much you know in, in like sexual activity and this is supposed to be marketed towards like like teen like preteens you know like 12 13 14, that age range uh, i said it was too graphic but um, going back and, and playing like the original God of War, which came out on the PS2 in the early 2000s, there was a sex minigame, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there's a sex minigame uh, going forward. Uh, like Dante's Inferno had, um, had, had you know, some, some nudity involved, which it's based on a, you know, classic Dante, Dante's Inferno, uh, you know, obviously, like the, in the circles of hell. So like that period and and uh, uh, setting kind of like nudity is just a part of it. It's a part of the art. It's not it's meant to you know, sexualize. So I I think and this might be a U.S. thing to where like nudity and sexualization seems to be one to one. But they're they're obvious. I I I feel they're two separate things. Yeah, the world's apart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which which are. You know, our country just really has to do a better job of of going. Yes, they're two separate things. Um, so I think something like like where the industry is, we're getting more horror games where like sex and and nudity is just a part of the game. It's not like a tantalizing feature. And yeah. but then the horror games are dealing with like more intense subject matter. Like you can cut off certain body parts or like. And are engaged in like a sexual act or something, and then it gets depraved where you like like stab them with like a bunch of a bunch of uh, hooks as you're 
you're um you know experiencing some of this stuff describe me bro (laughs) (laughs) no what i'm saying is is uh (laughs) no 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 these are this this is a real game uh agony and uh uh, succubus are the two games i'm thinking of um and it's definitely not safe for work if you guys choose to look this up i will not link it but but um telling me about is (laughs) is enough but uh i I think it's it's interesting though because these are indie studios, you know, producing this. And Agony, for example, got a huge backlash for the amount of depravity in the game. Yeah. Um, well, but like, even like a simpler game like Rust, like mm-hmm. everybody's naked in that running around. Yeah. It's part yeah. of like the survival immersion experience. Yeah. So I think yeah. they also have to have an option where you can like blur out everything for. Uh, if you stream it anywhere, like Twitch or YouTube or whatever, like yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't think that you like if Twitch, you know, has like a younger audience. There's no well, real. It goes back to like what brought us here in the first place. Is like you're saying, like mm-hmm. the video game industry as a whole has been skewed more towards like adult uh, content, and so yes. everything kind of gets lumped in as it's for kids, but they're mm-hmm. building it for a mature audience. Yes, yes. Uh, and it's like, hey man, this shit isn't for children. Uh, yeah. And like, we have like, you know, video game ratings and stuff on it. But then like, there's kind of like the, like, there's Nintendo and what, like the games Nintendo makes for like mm-hmm. kids. And then yeah. there's like nobody else really in that space right now. Like, No, no, they, they have a complete monopoly on, on uh, that. I mean, there's like the IPs, like you'll see like a uh, SpongeBob game or like Nickelodeon will have like their games that they have been putting out and producing. Yep. Like nine, ten, or whatever. Like you'll see, like that's it. There's like Nintendo, Minecraft, uh, Nickelodeon, and that's it. Then there's like yeah. everybody else is like, we're gonna make us a first-person shooter or a horror survival game, or <laughs> like we're gonna put as many uh, you know adult themes as we can in here because that's what's selling right now. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is this is where I wanted to go with this. So, with with on that end of the spectrum, we have something like like those games where. Where it's depraved or the like nudity is used for like for funny stuff or lost in that. No, 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 no. I wasn't. I wasn't. So the legs are like chicken tenders wrapping around your face. Like, what are you going <laughs> on about, bro? It's like greasy chicken wings. Like so a, we have we have that and a bucket of greasy chicken. That's what it's like, bro. I'm like, what? Are you, what? <laughs> the worst part is, I'm a big horror fan, so like, like I've seen worse things in movies and and like it's in like print media <laughs> than the games are portraying. But but we have that end, right? And there's a bunch of backlash and, and stuff for these developers from AAA Studios or, or Steam in general. Like, should Steam host? these types of games or should they be rated x and then, and then you have to go to a special site where you need age verification to get it i don't think you have to do that i think that that games like any other art form it uh, should just be out there obviously it's a, it's up to like parents and stuff to to see you what their what? kids are watching i'm all but... for it dude i think steam mm-hmm. needs to add uh like a saloon style doors to the back <laughs> <laughs> like the, where you like you click on the saloon style doors and you get access to like the more adult uh content yeah. Yeah, uh, and you can kind of like see over the top, but like, all the images are like just kind of blurred out, like all the cover art. You can't really yeah. see what's going on back there. Yeah, and then like you have to hit open the saloon doors with like the age verification. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that uh, the thing with that, though, on the other side of it, when we were growing up and games were for kids, you know, like I'd, I'd say like the '90s were definitely my my growing yeah. up period. So um, we had the Nintendo and Sonic and Sega. Yep. Yep, we had Sonic, Arrow the Acrobat, Mario, Donkey Kong, Zelda. Like, all of these mascot characters, you know, it was all bubbly, fun, um, funny. Like, one of my favorites growing up, um, Earthworm Jim, um, definitely had, like, the slapstick humor in, like, in, in it. Uh, and, and as I felt as we aged, games also aged. You know, like... The people buying video games, like... Even yeah. up until like five, ten years ago, people were still being like, "Oh, video games are for losers, as they are for children." Like, if you're an adult who's playing video games, like you're uh, not contributing to society at all. You're like, a right. failure. Right. Uh, you're not an adult at that point. Like, 
this is like recent. It wasn't until like we've aged up to the point of like, oh, you guys are actually just responsible adults. And this is just like a fun pastime. Like, right. You're doing like, this instead of sports or like anything yeah. else. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It makes you wonder like what did all these old people do before video games? You know, I, I honestly am, am struggling to remember what like, like I'll say like my parents, you know, did for fun outside, like, Go, go, like go to the bar you know uh like, go, to the bar, you know, go like, watch a, a movie watch maybe? a movie yeah uh, i remember like hanging out talking a lot of sports. face to face that was yeah. huge yeah like, like usually some sort of uh liquor is involved yeah uh, just yeah. hanging out with the buddies at their house having a couple of brews but right right uh, just chatting or something life. yeah it's basically facebook before facebook <laughs> it was, it was like in person. Yeah. yeah, it was actual face to face instead of face to book. Yeah, yeah. That's what so, life used to be like, man. <laughs> so what I what I'm finding myself is, I kind of I've been missing that like bubblegum happy feel game. You know, so I find myself playing more Nintendo stuff now off stream and things. Like I still love like ninja action games, obviously, from what I'm playing and hyper violent things like Doom Eternal. But um like Cuphead was like a huge breath of fresh air um for me. Uh like I'm playing Shovel Knight as well, um, casually. Um Mega Man, stuff like that, where it's where I think in like the mid two like oh seven, so like let's say twenty thirteen games were in their like angsty teenage years where everything was like grim dark bloody hyper violent bunch of muddled browns and things like that and yeah yeah exactly um outside of like like nintendo when they released like mario galaxy and things like that where they you know are still in their vein um uh, but I i think that as the next like this generation i feel will be the generation where gamers and game devs are kind of meeting for the first time in a long time to where there was a bit of a, like every time it happens, like mm. it always gains like, uh, some traction. Like when you had like uh flower or journey, or, like, yeah. uh, like those are the big ones, but that was like, like Oh nine, I think when those came out or something yep. like that, it's just throwing yep. a random day. That sounded no, right. It's, it's about, it's about right. Uh, yeah. And that was like a long time ago already. So, uh, yeah, I think what happens is those type of games are harder to make. Yeah, uh, Did, I'll, I'll, yeah I think I like say. in the indie space, like much like in indie film, mm-hmm. like horror is way easier to do and way cheaper. Yeah, and like if it hits, it hits big. Like this weekend, yeah. like your Five Nights of Freddy or like your Slenderman game or like any game you're trying to make, like, add like all the horror element on top of. Yeah. So we talked more like last week about like the minimum viable product and all this. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if you have like a clunky, horrible controlling game, uh, and you're like, "What can we do to like make this better?" Yeah, it's like the the ads, the easy answer is like we just add some scary shit on top of it <laughs> to distract from. <laughs> Say it's a feature. How, uh, yeah, how bad like the underlying mechanics are for our game. Hmm. I don't know, it's kind of like I was even saying, where I was like, oh, I kind of want to make a throwback like Resident Evil with the tank controls and stuff. Yeah, I think, though, like, the tank controls it was a huge thing to, like, crap all over, but it did add, like, a level of tension for how clunky it was. Like, it, and, and 3D was so new at the time yeah, where you couldn't, right. nobody knew how to do it, where th- those games I've feel aged a lot better than the true 3d games that of, of that era um i i think that like if you have ever played dino crisis 2 no uh so that took the tank style controls and the fixed camera i believe and i'm sure the commenters will correct me if i'm wrong um which one it was but they made a basic action game with it and it felt fine. <laughs> I think with like Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, they added like the dodge system. It really opened up the tank style controls to a, a lot more freedom of movement. So I, I, I feel like uh, any control scheme will work if you build the rest of your game around it. Like you're not going to yeah. have like twitch, fast pace action uh, if you have like tank controls. Like you, it, the threat needs to be more lurking and like build towards it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
kind of like, like drops like a, the wheat seeds down the ladder and all of a sudden they turn around there's Enderman uh, yeah. dangling above them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. that moment. Like, you need like a little bit, you have to have that music swelling up a little bit beforehand. True, true. Yeah, no, I, I think that there's definitely a, a place a place for that. Um, yeah, what I, what I was saying is, so how it how they're going to meet, I feel, is this kind of shows what's popular now to me. Uh, in, let's say, like the Xbox, PS2, uh, what was it, the Wii, right? Oh, no, GameCube, GameCube. In that era, the most popular game was Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto Three uh, to San Andreas or Vice City to San Andreas, and and you could sell by the sales numbers. Uh, after that, uh, we get you know there's obviously Halo and like the rise of console shooters happened then. But um, I'm just just speaking in generalities here. Um, Next generation, 360, PS3, Wii, uh, Gears of War. I would say um, PlayStation. I would um, almost say that like. Uh the rise of like the console shooter mm-hmm. call of duty yeah it's kind of why like when we're also talking about like last week with the the z access like mm-hmm. it ruined verticality almost for that entire genre for like two decades yeah because <laughs> like, everyone was like design like i remember like watching uh ramiro like talk about like when he was designing doom he yeah. was like i don't want this to feel like it could have been in uh castle wolfenstein like any level of this yeah uh and so, like, everything has, like, some verticality in that. And then, like, you could see, like, uh, with things, uh, oh, man, the name's escaping me. With, like, Magic. I forgot. It's, like, a Magic first-person shooter. Hexen or yeah, Heretic? Hexen. You could see, like, okay. Hexen, like, it's more open. Like, even, like, Quake 3, where it's, like, yeah. open space arena style. Mm-hmm. Like, things are happening on, like, three or four levels high. Uh, and then, yeah. like, you get to Halo, and it's, like, beautiful open fields and stuff. But everything happens like in a flat plane, and then like you go into everything else happening in the flat plane. Uh, the most part, yeah, for the most part. I mean, Halo had vehicles and stuff too, which is still three or four where you got into like a flying ship where you start shooting around more. Halo one had it in the ship combat. Halo one had the Banshee, and Halo two had an entire Banshee oriented level, which is like the third or so, first Arbiter mission in Halo two was uh, was the Banshee centric mission. Um, I think Halo is kind of an outlier though, because I think for the most part you're right of that generation where it was mostly um, flat planes or even like slightly elevated for snipers and stuff, but you weren't really like jump padding to places like like in the took like a step back to Wolfenstein almost. I don't think like, was, yeah. All the lessons. yeah yeah and and a lot of the you were gearing towards console aiming but but yeah um so we have we have that era um to the xbox one to ps4 era where i think it was another learning point for developers judging from how long it took to get a killer app for each console um and and on top of that the killer app ended up being a multi-platform free release being Fortnite, um, which definitely scales younger. But seeing how we went from hyperviolent things to like a Fortnite to being like, the most popular thing. game, cartoony violent, you know, <laughs> I think that I think that this console generation will be the gr- great equalizer. Like we'll have great games in the mature category. We'll have great teen games, and we'll have we already have amazing E for everyone games, or you know, uh, like like Mario. Odyssey, yeah. well, Mario Odyssey, like the Zeldas are always bangers. Um, you know, thing, things like that. I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that this generation that we're experiencing right now has the potential to be the best gaming generation of all time. <laughs> and I think it, it goes owes it to it the industry. The PlayStation Four, Xbox Three Sixty Air. Or Just PS3, so I don't think you're going to mm-hmm. have like another long uh, refresh cycle yeah. like that for a while. Yeah. Um, maybe things are, maybe things will be different this time. But I think it was like 12 years we stayed on development on those uh, two uh, platforms, and so like what you're talking about, like happening like organically years. over time, yeah. like just like the the library, the breadth of like genres mm-hmm. and categories. Uh, like, that's where you have, like, 
flower journey and like all this other stuff. Like you could get it to like uh, they have everything on those things. Uh, it also was the like rise eight. of indies too. What? It was the rise of indies around the yeah, 360 the and the uh, yep. stuff or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, PS4, like PlayStation went around like trying to buy up a bunch of indie developers or at least yep. get them licensed on the platform. Yep, it's it was the it was the first time that consoles were were accessible for a single dev or a small team dev. Um, yeah. It's a definitely an incredible time. Um, you, you, yeah, we won't we won't have that again. But I think that that so I think this is like the opposite of what you're thinking. Almost like this next generation mm-hmm. is going to be the consolidation of all that. Okay, it's just gonna they're gonna. Uh, leverage their library, their existing library, and yeah. get it all online. Uh, and it's going to be games as a service. So there's <laughs> not going to be like a lot of innovation or anything. It's going to be uh, we have all this stuff. We have plenty of innovation and ideas and stuff out there, and we're going to leverage that existing IP library onto uh, games as a service. Like we want to be the Netflix of video games, and I think that's <laughs> what you're seeing right now. It's like a race between. Xbox, Sony, Microsoft, Google, uh, Apple, Amazon, they're all like starting like to build out their platforms uh, to try and get you on there. Uh, so, maybe Steam will also try something. Interesting. I I could see that because you're right, it's like Xbox Game Pass, PS Now, um, or, or kind of like the Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, it's, I think that the big players in cloud gaming, like Google seems to be wrapping up Stadia and considering it a failed experiment. They just stopped. They stopped all first party development. They're not making a game anymore. They were, they were going to make Stadia exclusive games. Um, it's not happening. Uh, Amazon's like rumored cloud service with AWS. Is not happening? Forever, bro. Yeah, and Secret World is still not coming out. Or was it Secret World or New World? I can't remember what, I don't know, they what their new game's called. They dropped and it was so bad that they pulled it right away. Uh, God, I can't even remember the name of that game. But yeah, like, yeah. It that's... happened for a day, dude. They're like, we spent 10 years and billions of dollars developing this game. But it came out and there was, it didn't have like the user acquisition. They're like, never mind, pull it. <laughs> well, did you play it? I, I played no. it. I can't remember the name of it. Run? No, it's like. It was probably a good game, dude. They're no, it like, wasn't, dude. It wasn't. No. It was. Uh, so this is the problem of making a game. Uh, uh, Amazon's game was a game made by people where it was business per first. They, they threw together a bunch of metrics. We're all like, what's popular? What's popular, Jim? Oh, people like MOBAs. People like character shooters. Uh, yeah. Let's combine everything. And you had this oh, mismatch hodgepodge of garbage that just that just skewed oh, to the to what yeah right no valorant <laughs> took the all valorant did was go csgo is super popular let's add let's add uh heroes to it and it worked They're for like, them csgo is popular overwatch is popular <laughs> right right but, but they, that came from an experienced team amazon just was like uh how do you make a game okay let's make it 3d let's make it a moba let's make it a shooter let's make it uh, just uh, even keeled for, across all place, so so one person can't rise rise above the others. It was such a piss poor uh, uh, an in- interpretation of what a game is. It was like if it felt like. Have you ever had it when you were in school uh, a teacher make like a board game or something like design kind of like a board game you like, but it just felt like the bargain bin version. It was like it was like buying like it was like buying Monopoly, but it was actually called the yeah, bank. It made right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like one of those things. It's Mom, like, hey, do you want to play Smite? And yeah, yeah, exactly. It, Amazon's like, hey, we like you like Smite. You like Smite with guns? Here it is. Like, no, I don't want that, and I don't think they get that. They, they, it doesn't. I think each successful game, even games I personally don't like have soul you know like you could tell there's some passion went into the project like i i'm not a Fortnite fan but like yeah, with the uh, characterizations things like that there's, <laughs> you really don't think so no like okay. uh electronic arts would disagree with you like where they've just been putting out product 
Uh, uh, we'll go back to the 07 era of oh, Electronic oh, Arts. Come on, I'm talking about today. Dead, pa- about Dead Space, uh, Mirror's Edge, stuff like that definitely had Soul uh, Unraveled, yeah, 1 and 2. All the sequels they're getting. Dead Space had three sequels. <laughs> Mirror's Edge had a sequel. Yeah, Mirror's Edge also had a sequel. Uh, burn them out to death, dude. There, there's exceptions to the rule, obviously. Um, but I, I do think that like Battlefield Four, Battlefield One, I do feel that game, those games had heart. Uh, it, it definitely was over encumbered by EA's like metrics, but borderline there's something in else. Oh four, oh five, playing Battlefield nineteen forty two. Yep. Uh, and thinking, this is amazing. We have a hundred people online playing this game. Yep. This is going to be huge. As soon as they merge this with a like Call of Duty, uh, this is going to be great. This is going to be like the game everybody wants to play. Yep. But then they just never did anything with like the Battlefield franchise. They're just like, oh, we'll just keep we'll keep rolling out a Battlefield uh, every like seven or eight years. This Battlefield every year, dude, <laughs> or every other. I mean, now dude, there's like a dark period where we had like Battlefield Vietnam. There's uh, uh, which I think is probably the best Battlefield. I think Vietnam's a bad company too for me. Um, it combined both uh, both schools of thinking into like the perfect cohesion of uh, squad of squad gameplay, um, contributing to a higher uh, value. Um, I would say Vietnam had vehicles right where they had no weapons or anything. They're just like unit transportation, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them had guns yeah, the on choppers. Them. Yeah, yeah, like the choppers where you. You have machine guns and stuff on some of them, and you had to coordinate with your teammates to be able to like transport them to a pl- like A to B uh, yeah. spot. You could be very strategic. It, they were, I'd say, it was the most balanced battlefield, but there wasn't huh. a lot to the game. So, okay. like, I think there's like four vehicles total and like three unit classes, so it's easy <laughs> to balance. But it said it, it was uh, extremely balanced. I think you're discounting a lot of the a lot of Battlefield though. Um, from 1942, yeah, we had Battlefield Two, we had Vietnam, we had 2142. Uh, you know, to Bad Company, Nobody Bad Company 2142, Two. 2142, bro. 2142 had such a cult following though. Like, yeah, next, dude. Yeah. Anything yeah. can have a cult following. <laughs> like, you just uh, talk about Armored Core and uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I personally like, love Max. Still making Dark Souls. Where's the Dark Souls of Armored Core? <laughs> that's funny. Armored Core, if they just like literally reskid Dark Souls, but now it's all Max. I think that's like a Gundam Wing game now. That, that, that I think there's like a <laughs> one involvement. Really um, they just throw the Armored Core logo on it, though. Right. I see. What's funny is I love mech games, but I like big lumbering mechs that are like like people call it yeah western mechs is what people call it uh more than the hyper fast like like armored core uh gundam style mechs i i like watching it but as far as playing things i like the big slower mechs personally so and i'm in the like minority there so people are all like oh look at this but there's always exceptions to the rule like i I love the zone of the enders franchise and stuff but yeah i feel i feel like i got off topic here um, <laughs> uh, we're talking about games as franchises and games as services. Yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, Microsoft has an interesting take on it this gen of of leveraging its recent past because they're obviously the newest player in the game, but they're the ones outside of Nintendo embracing the hell out of their past more than anyone else. The Xbox Series X has full backwards compatibility from Xbox to current, which is huge. No other no other console has done that. That's what PlayStation was always promising and then never delivered because it's too expensive to yeah, physically yeah. emulate the old hardware. Yeah, exactly. So I think that Microsoft has it's an interesting thing to to bank on. And from a nostalgia perspective, it's it's very smart. Because I think that like I'll use myself as an example. I've definitely been hit by the nostalgia bug and I've been playing things that I've grown up with more than things that are out now. You know, like we were talking about Contra and like Sonic and stuff like that. I the I beat Contra, the original Contra, like a couple nights ago. I I replayed through the first three Ninja Gaiden games on the NES. I you know, played Mario Brothers three and beat it with my daughter. Um just just the other day. 
So like, I'm playing more games that I grew up with, and I think Microsoft realizing what people like my age and around that generation, the people with money to buy consoles, are doing. So they're like, hey, buy this one. You can play everything that, that's ever been released on this platform, which which is very cool. And Nintendo with their their services of like the Super Nintendo NES channel, things like that. They're doing it, but they're so they're doing it in such a Nintendo way where they're not capitalizing on it properly. I think that Nintendo could probably be the leader in this if instead of releasing things piecemeal, they just released the entire Super Nintendo catalog, the entire NES catalog on their on their like pay for service, and that they would do gangbusters. <clears throat> yeah, they don't understand like in Japan, like you have to have metrics to prove everything you want to do. Yeah. So they probably release like they're like, oh, have this little bite-sized crumb. And then they're like, look, it didn't do the numbers we thought it would do, so I guess it will always be a failure. And it's like, no, Japan, damn it, that's not how things work on the internet. Like, you can't yeah. have like a a value proposition of like a thousand to one. And then like if you have like the lowest minimum buy-in. Uh, be like, well, if it scales the opposite, where it's a buy-in proposition of one to a thousand instead of one to or a thousand to one, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have one game and you want a thousand or hundred percent buy-in on it, yeah. rather than like you have want a one percent buy-in on a hundred percent catalog of game, like it's a completely different buy-in proposition, right? Uh, it, but they they're using the metrics of that to prove to disprove this. Uh, it's very old school thinking, and that's what Japan's about. They're about like you have to have a spreadsheet, you have to have metrics, you have to have like a proven track record before they'll even consider getting you into a meeting with somebody who'll give you to another meeting uh, <laughs> to consider like actually doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think nothing wrong with that, but it's weird. To, it's frustrating from the outside to be like you don't understand this would do extremely well. Uh, people are already doing this illegally. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're like missing out. And they, those same people doing it illegally would gladly give you that money. Uh, it's just that like you've given them no other option. You've given them no other like recourse. Yeah. Yeah. I could do a entire hour talk on Nintendo's just non-consumer centric business practices and just slapping on the face of people who enjoyed their previous products um but just don't have time for that uh so it's about time to wrap up um to put a pin on this topic do you want to say anything in closing chip i would say uh my my thesis is games are moving towards as a service and they're banking on ai to up res all your favorite old games i think you've seen that with the nvidia like 8k upscaling i think they're going to mm -hmm. do that with a lot of these older games that people aren't even thinking about where the original resolution was like 320 by like 480 you're going to upscale that to like 4k or 8k so it doesn't look as bad as uh the products we've been getting like when they have the artificial like upscaling uh so i think i think there's gonna be a lot of like breakthroughs with ai that'll allow for the digital preservation of video games and that's where i think things are going got it got it so what you said makes a lot of sense as far as upscaling and things like that i think preservation i think that this generation as far as the preservation goes the big problem is we have digital and digital only so some releases don't get physical copies you don't have anyone ripping it so i i hope that these developers and publishers do a with games as a service especially we're gonna have some issues um keeping some of these games uh intact uh like online only stuff like 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 take uh like the mmos that are offline now if someone didn't capture those packets and re and make like a custom server that game's lost forever um i i hope that this generation reintroduces just like consumer like trust in certain policies like i it, it's not gonna happen i agree with you but um i think that with the advent of social media things like that companies are a little more uh walk on eggshells a little more when announcing things that'll be unpopular we saw it with uh, microsoft announcing an xbox live gold price increase then immediately rolling it back uh we did that with their whole 
you need the internet connection to use our video games to yeah yeah which is still true because most games that came out this generation were online only so you know were, were they wrong no. with the way development happens now with like you need to be able to patch games and all this yeah. tech stuff and... yeah yeah but what I'm, what I'm hoping for is that if if games as a service is a thing um I hope it's more consumer friendly than one person controlling everything like like Sauron, you know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah. so, so we'll we'll see. But like I said, as far from a from a development and what games we're getting standpoint, I do think that this generation will have <clears throat> the most parity across and the ESRB ratings. I think there's going to be 10 out of 10s in E. I think there's going to be 10 out of 10s in T. And I think there's going to be 10 out of 10s in the mature sector as well. I, I think that that um, just the age of the industry, the age of us, and the upcoming generation are really in serendipity right now. And that we are going to get just incredible titles from AAA down to One Man Develops Things. So I, I I look forward to it, man. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it goes. I'm excited about it. Like no matter which way things go, and also we got in like our three Lord of the Rings references this uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, so right. Right. Watch yeah, again. But... Hit us in the below in the comments with the timestamps where they happen. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Subconsciously too. All yeah. right, Chip. Well, for I will see you next week. Um, I think I want to do you. I think I want to discuss some fighting game stuff because there's some interesting stuff happening. I'm really big into that area. genre. Yeah, we talk about Killer Instinct. We can talk about whatever we want, man. I, I, I think the that, service that's how they watch that. Did you watch the documentary about that? I've, I've played it since 2015, brother. <laughs> <Yes, sir. laughs> oh, okay. They, they released that as a free to play, one character only. Exciting stuff. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. All right, for uh, Chipped Monk, I'm Mr. Gimpy. I will see you all next week on the Combo Wombo.